At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> All right. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And I am on a Skype call, calling down to Mobile, Alabama, to talk to Greg Red Padilla of Red and the Revelers. And I got to see him live and in action for the first time two weekends ago with the celebration of the album drop for the Psych Peas. Shout out to our good buddy, Abe Partridge. Red, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. I just got back into town. I was in Birmingham for a couple days from work. And uh, I'm back in town now. And may I say that Psych P's album is mwah, chef's kiss. It's great. And also, if you got the vinyl, the B-side, the live, the live album was was recorded at my single release party for Rainy Day Suggestion. So you can hear me go, woo, in the background a couple times. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And man, with that record, of uh, I've, I've had it for a while. You remember when they did the original release with the Strays a couple years ago? I guess it was their last show. Uh, I snagged a copy of that weekend, and so I've just been hanging out with that record for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had, I, 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 I was kind enough to float me a copy, and and, uh, and so uh, that's the benefits of being good buddies with him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've had that for a while as well, and I've been enjoying. That. But I remember when I did the live version, I didn't. Know, he didn't tell me it was from that show, you know. And I started. I was like, Man, that's my single release party show. Hell yeah. I wish I wish I got a funny story from that that involving them and the Red Clay Strays because they played that show was with me as well. And during that show, Dave Garrett had bought like this cheap guitar from like a, a pawn shop so he could put a drill through it. Like he There's a great YouTube video that you can look up. Yes. Okay. So I'm probably in that video at some point. But if you <laughs> right there at the front, it's me and Zach. Rigel from the Red Clay Strays, the lead guitar player from the Red Clay Strays. He's standing right next to me. And, bro, he had found out that Dave was going to do this. And it was like a 12-year-old was waiting to release of a new Pokemon game. This dude was so excited about this, man. I'm telling you, like, the whole night he was like, man, you think he's going to do it? And I was like, yeah, Zach, I'm pretty positive he's going to do it, man. He's like, he's like, oh, are you sure, dude? You think he's going to do it? And I was like, yeah, man, he's going to do it. Bro, when he started doing that, I'll never forget. Zach grabs me by the shoulders, like turns me to him, grabs me on the shoulder. He's like, "He's doing it, man! He's doing it!" <laughs> yeah, that was like one of the best memories I've ever had 
uh, of playing music is just how excited to see because it was exciting. It was awesome to watch, but the fact that he grabbed, he's like, he's doing it. That is uh, when I'm introducing people to the psych piece. If that isn't the first video I show them, it's the second because I'm everyone likes seeing a guitar get trash, right? Yeah, man. It's it was it's the first time I've ever seen something like that live. Or you know, like I've seen videos of people smashing guitars and stuff, but I've never been at a concert where somebody's actually done that. But more or less, just been that close to a dude. And I think if I'm correct, like he almost got himself pretty good. Like he wasn't paying attention, and that thing went all the way through and almost got his leg. If I can remember him telling me, which that would have put a damper on. That was also the night that Abe almost knocked John Walter out, like completely. He had that he had that uh, theremin that he made. The first one that he made was this, and it was heavy, dude. It was heavy and it was blocky. And he was up there and he's playing. He was into it, and he just threw that thing over his shoulder, bro. It missed John Walter's head by like that much. Like we dude. just. And we grabbed each other. We were like, bro, this almost got really sick. Because, it, dude, it might have killed him. Like, seriously, like, it was that heavy. The it last been... – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. It just would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the last show that I caught him at with the Strays, uh, mm -hmm. they had that Thurman out on stage again. And he did the same thing. And so this is uh, – it's July 4th weekend. So the next day I'm over at Abe's house and we're, you know, crab bowl. And just hanging out. And uh, Dave is having to go home with that Thurman to fix it because it just got destroyed when he threw it. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a new one now. He noticed he didn't throw this one. Yeah. He didn't throw it this time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, man, I can't tell you. Uh, I went to the, that album release party with a friend of mine from Foley. Uh, shout out Sid. And he has actually seen y'all a couple of times live. I, I hadn't had the opportunity yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, man, anytime that uh, Red, you know, they're like at Oso or wherever. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm there. He's, they are great. And uh, first time that I got to uh, experience y'all live and shout out to Garrett Howe. Uh, he's like, you might want to ask the bartender to give you uh, a pair of earbuds because it's going to get a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I love Garrett. He's he's a uh, he. That dude is something else, man. He's got a voice on him, and he's a great songwriter. And I hope he really just pushes and pursues it because I really think he could do something special. Yeah, man. We got a uh, ooh. Speaking of Garrett Howe, he just chimed in. Ooh, Garrett. <laughs> uh, so uh, Garrett's question to you is: Can he borrow a tank top? Oh yeah, man. I got plenty. I got. I got. I got more tank, bro. I don't even own dress clothes, but I got enough tank tops for somebody to borrow a couple. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right on, man. Uh, before we get moving on in the music, I did want to talk a little shot with you just about hobbies, man. Uh, you yeah. still in the you still in the disc golf game? Man, I, I wish I was. I need to be, but I, I brother, I just don't have time because, like, I'm still working full time. And then this music thing. And so it's, I got to pick and choose what I do. So I'm really into uh, uh, virtual reality gaming. Uh, I have a MetaQuest 2 headset I play on. So I play a lot of virtual disc golf. But uh, I'm the king of virtual disc golf right now in the game that I play. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the best virtual, I'm the Paul Macbeth of virtual disc golf. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that leads right into the next question. I was like, uh, 
man, virtual reality, when it first came out, when I was trying that, it gave me like an awful head headache. And man, I, I felt like I had vertigo. And I know it's come a long way, but uh, I mean, what are you thinking about like with the future of VR and where it's going as it, as it gets better? Well, man, so there is, there's really such a thing as like VR legs, as there is like sea legs. Okay. So when you first get it, it it's going to take you a minute, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're somebody that like I, at first I kind of had some issues, but it really just went away. Now the vertigo was real at first. Like it took me a long time to convince myself that I was not on top of a mountain. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like shit. But, uh, but as far as the future of it goes, man, like there is a huge untapped market, uh, for band promotion and, and a new way to reach an audience, you know? And I feel like, especially for like the smaller regional touring band that start like us and like, you know, some other of my friends that, you know, with the way the prices are going up on everything on gas, uh, like written rooms is outrageous now, you know, Airbnb used to be really affordable for us because we had eight people, you know, I could rent a house for a night for $150, $200, but with eight people, that's reasonable, you know, but now it's like 500. Well, that's not reasonable no more, you know? And, uh, but it's a way to reach a wider audience without having to physically go anywhere. You see what I'm saying? Or you can just piggyback on gigs that you have. So we, we've done a couple events in virtual reality where we've just live streamed just flat 2d screen, you know, like you would on Twitch, you know, but and so what does this look like for me if I tuned in? I got my VR headset in and it's like I'm well, the, I'm virtual I'm unfortunately yeah. the program we've been using is shutting down. Microsoft shut it down. Uh so and I know you're listening, Microsoft, because this is Skype, so you know, but fuck you, that was terrible. But <laughs> but no, there's there's a lot of places springing up, but basically so in these apps you can go in and and, and use a program to build whatever world you can imagine. Okay. And I've seen some wild shit, bro. Like it's crazy what these people can come up with and what they can do. And, but you're in an environment. So like, say the first one we did was we borrowed a world from somebody that uh, let, let us use it. And, uh, it was like, it's like this beach. It's like, a, like you're on this like beach and it's like this big field and it's got these caverns, but on one end is like a giant, like IMAX size movie screen. And that's what it is to your perspective, you know, and that's what we stream onto. And then like they go in and they, ha- they hang posters that we've had and stuff in there. Um, they'll have like two posters on each side of the screen that are like the size of buildings, you know, and then like there's pictures of us. One time they even did a thing where they put up and it made it look like you were taking a selfie with me, you know, so you could take a selfie with me. <laughs> but like, it's like a party. It's like you're at a festival. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you go in you can have conversations with people and it's, it's, uh, proximity. So, you know, like you, like if I'm standing next to you, you can hear me, but if you're across the room, I can kind of hear you. Like if you were actually in the room, you know, but I can't focus on what you're saying. Really. You can go off in a corner and have a private conversation with somebody. There's areas on the map that are like private hot tubs where you have an extra screen there that you can watch, but you're with somebody else like in a private area. You know, there's stuff you can do in there, you know, like games, you can have sparklers to dance with and stuff like that. And 
we had, I think the first time we did it, we had 150 people show up wow. and it was, uh, in the retain and it, like it maps your analytics. So like, it'll tell me like the retention rate of how long. So the retention rate, I think on average was like 45 minutes a person. And that's a, bro, that's a huge retention rate, you know? And, but yeah. I think because they feel more involved, you know? These people, you know, because it's a lot of times it's people that live in very rural areas. You know, they don't have access to come see us without driving a really long way or or just seeing any band. You know, if you live out in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, then, you know, it's two hours to any major city. Well, now you can go to comedy clubs. Now you can go see concerts. You know, people, you know, people I'll go sometimes we've done one where we replayed a concert and I went and was part of it just to kind of observe, you know, didn't really tell anybody I was kind of their thing. And, uh, just watching people dance, man, you know, in it's virtual reality, but I mean, they're at their home and they're straight vibing, you know, and I'm yeah. cool to be a part of that. I actually met a dude from Fairhope. He had never heard of us before. Says he listens to 92 zoo all the time. So I don't know how the hell he had not heard us before. Cause my name's mentioned on there a lot, but he, uh, yeah, he found us through that. And that's how, you know, I never would have reached that dude if it hadn't been for that. And that's that leads, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's just wild to think, you know. That leads to, uh, uh, you were recently sharing with me about, you know, TikTok and how y'all recently played a show in Birmingham. And that is how y'all reached some people that oh. made it out to the show. My wife is never going to let me live that down, man. Like, so I fought so long to not get on TikTok. Like, I still, like, I feel so dirty contributing to it because, like, dude, I really feel like TikTok is just another drug for people. It's just another short burst of serotonin to get them by, and people are, end up wasting their lives just scrolling through the screen constantly, you know? And well, I like, mean, it's idiocracy, right? I mean, you remember the film? Well, yeah. it's, like, it's that whole retention rate thing you were talking about, like, a goldfish retention rate is nine seconds, and like the average human right now, and I think it's cause of top TikTok is like eight seconds. You know? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, man, it's. I feel like I hate it because I feel like we're just creating more and more just consumers, where that's what it's expected of you. You're just you're just made to go to work and come home and consume, 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 and it's like I just really like I hate it, but it's like it's the best way to advertise. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like at least put content out there. That's worth something that might inspire somebody to create something, you know, like, but my wife kept telling me, she's like, you got to get on it. That's what everybody, and I was like, no, no. And I fought her, I fought her. And man, I made that. And we did that one show and those like two different couples came up and said that and she has not let me live that shit down. Since well, that, uh, that, that spawns up this question from someone who chimed in on Facebook. This is from Morgan John. Uh, oh, can yeah. you still remember the words to break free? And uh, he goes on to say, if you could offer one piece of advice to a new musician or new band trying to break into the scene, what would it be? Okay, so for the first part of that question, no. <laughs> um, that was, so I had a, a guy in the early 2000s. I want to say like maybe... 2001 2002 i had a band like when i was like 19 8 20 and uh it was like a christian pop punk band that's yeah that's that's how that shit went down and uh we had a song and i don't remember the words of that but as the, the second one is a much better question 
Any piece of advice uh, to a new band trying to break it out? Networking is the most important thing that you will do. Um, I don't care how good your music is. I mean, you could be the best dude on the planet. It don't matter. I mean, there is a million, million amazing musicians tonight. There's, a, there's hundreds of amazing musicians in Mobile tonight. But that does not matter. What matters is who you know and how much you're willing to spend to get where you want to go. And, uh, you know, you should take pride in your craft. We do. We take big pride in our craft. We work hard at what we do to be as tight as we are, to make sure that we put on the best possible show. But I also know that that does not matter, man. Like, and like you said, everybody's attention rate, retention rate is like eight seconds. So if you're not constantly in their face, they forget about you. Okay. And so you're not going to build an audience enough that people are going to take notice naturally. It's just not going to, today's age, it can't happen. It's a struggle just to get even people that really like you to get them to take the few seconds it takes to get on Facebook and click a like button. Or share. Yeah, dude, it's it's like pulling teeth. I have to spend money to make that shit happen. And it's 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 one of those things that like if you're not actively networking, if you're not actively searching out who you need to know make happen what you want to happen, then you're you're wasting your time. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the very first things I did when I came on the scene. And it's because of Abe. Abe was Abe was like my men. I Abe saved me so many years of just fishing around that it 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 it's unbelievable. He uh you know I met him before I even I think maybe I'd played maybe one or two cover gigs at that point. And uh and we got to talking, you know, and I sent him some of my songs, which like I found out is like kind of a faux pas to do to like establish musicians because it had but like you know i didn't know no better brother i was so green you know i might as well have been a piece of grass but he uh you know that's the first thing he told me he said you know you got to know people man and so i i figured out who all the big musicians were in town and i would go to their shows and i'd get to know them you know and 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 because i through them i learned who i needed what my goals were. You see what I'm saying? So networking and you got to have a strategy, man. You can't, I mean, just playing a bunch of gigs is not a strategy. That's just playing a bunch of gigs, you know? And, 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 and I mean, like working is great. If that's what you want to do, working is great. But like bragging that you played 340 shows in a year, that's not a that's not a brag, brother, because the majority of those are probably shit shows at a restaurant where nobody even gives a hell what you're even saying. So what's the point? You know, if you're trying to make it as an original musician, this is what Abe told me. He said, only take gigs that are going to build your audience. He said, if you don't take gigs that are building your audience, you're just wasting your time. And I held to that, man. Like, you know. It's coming up five years that I've been gigging. The first year I was solo, and then in 2019 on that show was the very first show Red and the Revelers ever played a show. It was that single release party. And then COVID hit for two years. So, I mean, 
I mean, I mean, we've managed to build a pretty good audience just by being very strategic in where we play and when we play, you know. And also your social media game is pretty good. Like it, not a day goes by or not a day goes by to where I don't see uh, a red and regular post or uh, you're sharing something. And your personal account is you got a lot of wholesome stuff on there. And on top of that, you, you do dish out almost on a daily basis good advice for new musicians like the other day you were talking about um making sure you do things right like when it comes to the production of your music i think was what the post was about you know and yeah not not getting not getting screwed over you know by studio i, I think that was a, like knowing the business you know i yeah you know, I talk to musicians around ill you know and i'll say okay well let me ask you this who are the biggest promoters in the surrounding states you know, who, what are the companies that, you know, are putting on these big shows, you know, who, you know, just stuff like that. What are the main venues that you need to be aiming to play at? You know, cause it matters where you play when you're an original musician, when they're booking, when people are booking you, they want to see those venues, those specific, but well, if they play that venue, then they're good enough for all of it. You see what I'm saying? Cause it's a, but you know, you got to know the business, man. And I hate to say it, because everybody wants it to just be strictly art and be based on merit, but that's not life. You know, you see every day, you see people on there like, how did they get here? Money, bro. <laughs> but at the same time, to me, that's a blessing. If that's all I got to do. Brother, I can get money. You know what I'm saying? Like, if all I got to do is get money to get where I need to go, well, then I'll make my product as good as I possibly can. And then I got to add, I know what it takes to get there, you know. But you got to be willing to find people who believe in that and are willing to fight with you. You know, I just realized my whole ass nipple was just holding out right there for you. Oh, man, you're flashing me, man. <laughs> but that's my advice, man. Just networking and have a strategy. You got you to gotta have a booking strategy, you know. Think about when you're going out of town, what the best time, to uh, time of year to play those places are, you know. Like, we play Natchez, Mississippi. Now, that's a smaller town, so... A lot of times, if you just go in a random weekend, you're not going to have a great crowd. But they have festivals there on certain weekends. So if you can get at that bar on a Friday night before that festival, well, then guess what? You go because everybody's in town. They ain't got nowhere to go. So it's just stuff like that. You know, uh, think about that. Think about your branding. You know, how you gonna... uh, yeah, go ahead. So, no, you're good. I can brand and, them. Abe and I talked about it the last time that he was on the show, and uh, your name came up, the Strays came up, Eric Erdman came up, Ross Newell. Uh, but one thing that I think Mobile is really doing right, and I, and I would say this about the entire state of Alabama right now, and this is kind of where Abe and I landed, is uh, our networking and the fact that we believe in each other and we support each other. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really what sets the scene apart. Like when I think about Mobile, I think about the Strays. I think about the Ramblers. I, I think about Abe. I think about Eric Erdman. I think about uh, Ross Newell, you know, and like I don't want to keep name dropping because I'm going to leave people out. But at that latest show two weekends ago, most of those people were there and they were for that event, you know. And it was just it was just a big old, you know, it was like a family reunion, you know. Well, that's the thing. That's what's special about Mobile, man, is any chance that any of us can get together, we're gonna, you know, 
because we're all friends. But I mean, the bad thing about having really good friends that are also traveling musicians is that y'all are like two ships passing in the night, brother. If you can make it happen, you make it happen. But that's why I like playing those festivals. You know, you play these festivals, like especially in Mississippi, we go play and I get to see a lot of friends that I don't really get to see often. But, you know, I do a lot of networking with them, too. There's a band called uh, Grits and Greens. I don't know if you've ever seen them. At a, those, are, those are my, you know, I love them. I love them folks. And so, you know, all the time me and Jesse are back and forth just trading, you know, who you got a contact here. Yeah, man, I got a contact here, you know. And, and I've told, you know, I reach out to plenty of younger people in bands and say, you know, if you ever have questions, I'm here to answer, you know, because that's what Abe did for me. And if it hadn't been for him, bro, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I wouldn't. Well, you know, I don't know where I'd be because I don't know what I what I would have learned along the way if it hadn't been for him. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about this the first time you came on Porch Talk, but tell me a little bit about the forming of the Revelers. How did all that come together? So, you know, at first I had this idea that I kind of wanted to, you know, because it was just my songs, because I was a singer-songwriter, you know, and I decided to go with the band name because Abe had given me some advice, and, you know, Red and the Revelers is a lot cooler than Greg Padilla, you know. So it's, <laughs> so it's, and, a, and Joshua Ermey, he, he wanted to ask, uh, where did the nickname Red come from? College, man. My first night in college. I was at uh, University Mobile, and we were having, like, some kind of mix or something. It was real late. I don't remember. And, and a friend of mine... She became a real close friend. Her name was Heidi Hutchinson. Her last name's Boone now. Heidi Hutchinson Boone. Oh, Hutch. Heidi Hutch. Um, she asked my name, and I said, Greg, and I guess I slurred a little bit. <laughs> and she thought I said Red. And I said, no, it's not Red. It's Greg. And she said, well, Red's a lot cooler, so you're Red now. And so she just went around and introduced me. Everybody is Red. and uh, Just kind of stuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. I, I had friends that didn't for years when they found out my real name was Greg, like, like 10 years later, they were surprised. And then I didn't use that name for like a really long time. Uh, I used it in some, uh, like online gambling and stuff, but I will tell you this. I, I used it as, um, it was red Hollywood is what I went by online on, on a image comics forum. I made good friends with a dude that draws bomb queen. And he used my online handle in a couple comic books. I was a cat special one time and a casino another time. So, uh, but that was years and years ago, man. But yeah, that's where it came from. And then my first idea was it to just be me and have like a rotating cast of some of the best musicians in Mobile, be the Revelers. But that kind of was, <laughs> that's kind of a far-fetched idea to do that, you know, logistic-wise. So, you know, I started doing a lot of open mics, mostly because, you know, at the time I'd gone through divorce and I was single. And so I just, I don't really have a lot of shit to do, you know, and so... It was fun. You know, I liked going and hanging out with my buddies. I met a lot of people. And a lot of these guys, like Nate, our guitar player, and Ross, our bass player, I met them through open mic and mutual friends. Uh, horn players, Alvin, I found our buddy Sergio uh, from Sergio and the Satin Dogs. Uh, you know, I, and our first, basically, I took his band. Because <laughs> it was it was, it was Shaggy, Shaggy and, and Ross at first, you know, came from them. And then, he helped me find Alvin. I found Alvin playing at Kazula. Well, I say I found Alvin. Alvin was just, you know, that's where I first encountered him. And uh, and I went back like several times to watch him, you know, but I always stuck out like a sore thumb because everybody's like all dressed nice. And I'd walk in there in these jeans and a, and a tank top, you know, because I was wearing a headband, 
you know, and I'd just sit in the corner. He told me he would see me, but he didn't know who I was. He just thought I was some dude coming there vibing, you know. And then um, – Which wasn't Brian, far from the truth, was it? <laughs> I found Brian uh, – God, years before – I had decided I wanted to try and be in a band, but I just wanted to sing. And I was just going to do cover stuff. This was years and years before I did anything else. And and so we had like a couple practices and Brian was the saxophone player in that band. And then we just reconnected years later. And I was like, well, bro, you want to play in a band? <laughs> and then we got Taylor from Zach from the Red Clay Strays. He came up to me. He said, man, if you want a trombone player, this is your dude. And I looked at him. I said, cool, man, you want to be in a band? <laughs> so that's, you know. We did that, and I mean, <clears throat> we just came together organically. Uh, Dale, our keyboard player, he was in a band, and they played with us for a Christmas show one time, and then they broke up after, and so I, just like a little scavenger I am, just went and snatched him up and brought him in. And But the good thing is, man, is, you know, they were guys that, you know, in, in the scene for a while, it seemed like there was you, you had your top people, the people that always got asked to play like everything. And, bro, they just kind of, you know, there's people using them, but, you know, it was kind of like they just kind of got overlooked. You know, it was just kind of got lost in the shuffle kind of thing. And I really feel like I just these guys were like all these like little Aladdins, little diamonds in the rough, you know, just and they all really believe in what we're doing. You know, they all really like they're behind me like one hundred percent. You know, they just that was uh y'all's stage presence and how tight y'all were, I was blown away by that. Like, you know, and we talked just a little bit after your set and I was like, How long did it take y'all to get that tight? Because, I mean, especially when y'all were doing the stops. Oh yeah. Oh man, dude, it was yeah. that was great. I think you know, we, we practice, you know, but we play a lot. But at the same time, we don't practice near as much as we should. You know, we're lucky if we, because there's eight of us, so we're lucky if we get two practices a month, maybe. But to be honest, brother, you know, music is just energy. It's emotion put into sound, and it's energy put into sound. And, you know however you want to believe how the universe operates is fine. But I can tell you from experience that transference of energy between people is real. And, Absolutely. and I really believe when you have people that really believe in what you're doing, like we're all on the same page, you know, we've, we've never had an argument. We've never had, nobody's ever yelled or screamed or got upset. Uh, it's kind of hard to be that way when you play music like we do because it's always a party. Everybody's always happy. You know, it's hard to be mad when everybody's happy all the time. You know? But, uh, you know, and we all communicate well. You know, if and, and I've created, I feel like I've helped try to create an environment where the guys always feel like they can come to me with anything, you know, and I won't ever be mad or, or you know, I'll understand. But when you get people that are all on the same wavelength like that, I think anything's possible. You know, I think I think if we get to the point where we can just all quit our jobs and do this full time, I think we're going to create stuff that puts even what we're doing now. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because we'll be able to go in and just really craft what we're doing, like really spend time on it. Because we don't really get to do that now. Most of the time, you know, when I bring a new song, a lot of times it's done during sound check. And then now all of a sudden... After a couple sound checks and we got saw, <laughs> so it's it's it is what it is. But it's just something about playing with them guys, man. You know, like those are my brothers, and uh, when you feel like family like that, man, it's just it's just energy. It's, it's y'all against the world, right? Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, it's just I think that's where the live performance comes from. You know. It's just, it's desperation, man. You know, that's what it is. How did, uh, and we talked a little bit about networking, and I'm guessing Zach Austin probably had a hand in this. Uh, tell me a little bit about breaking into the Birmingham scene. It, would would you go up there to scope out open oh, mics? Birmingham, man, that would actually, um, Abe was kind of conducive in that because he brought down, early James for his podcast back when it was, they were acoustic to do before they started working with um, Dan Auerbach. And, uh, you know, I met them and they're both him and Adrian, you know, of course he's also a Mexican dude. So, you know, you know, you get that kind of, you know, two Mexicans playing music and neither one of us look really all that Mexican. So. <laughs> so, yeah. But, Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got, you know, through James and them and then I'll, and then, so right after I met James, I had to go up to work in Birmingham for work. And uh, he invited me out to the open mic they have at Little Italy's over there. Great club. Yes. And at that time, before everybody got super busy and everything, you know, the Wednesday night, it was me and Dave Garrett. We went over there. And, uh, and we walk in, and it's Adrian on bass, and it's James on guitar, and Taylor Honeycutt singing. Bro, you know what I'm saying? That was my first introduction to Taylor Honeycutt was at an open mic, you know, and and uh, and I sat over there, and I, I remember I saw her sing, and I turned to Dave, and I said, Dave, that girl's going to be a star, man. And uh, and sure, look at her now, man. Shit, you know, that, that came and played at Cedar Street. I went and saw her on that Friday, and I took my wife, and I said, I told her, I said, this girl's going to be a star, and sure enough, bro, she's doing it, man. And But, like, you know, I got involved with them, and Zach, They've just really been 
a big help. And that's kind of how I got into that. And of course, you know, when you know the bigger cats in the scene, people pay attention. Yeah. It helps that James shows up to our gigs up there and sits in, with us, <laughs> which is always awesome. Yeah. And I saw that you were recently looking to break into Tuscaloosa. And uh, I saw that uh, Josh McKenzie, uh, Taylor's husband, he chimed in and he was talking about Druid City Music Hall, but a place uh, I believe that should be on y'all's radar and I could help you with this would be uh, Druid City Brewing Company. I'm already ahead of you, brother. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, uh, those, those people, like when we were hanging out at the Music Box a couple weekends ago, mm-hmm. uh, those are the same vibes or whatever you want to call it when I go hang out at Druid City Brewing. Like those people down there at the Music Box are the same as my people at Druid City Brewing. Those are just great people. Proud we like to play for, you know, man. Like I, I got it. See, I'm really trying to get out of any type of venue that has like tables and chairs because the problem is, is like, granted, our music is also appealing to an older demographic. You know, we're all over the place. I mean, we're from. I think our demographic ranges from below 18 to 75 or something like that, and so. The problem is, is they tend to like to sit down and, and you know, and that kind of really ruins the vibe when people are sitting, you know, because it's playing high energy music. Like like we played at Callahan's in Mobile and everybody's right there. Man, if I could play like that for the rest of my life, I would, brother, because there's that's magic, man. When you're like right there and you get that reaction, that ebb and flow, it's like a wave, like tides and the moon's pulling at you, man. And that brother, you can't. There ain't no better drug in the world. I don't care who you are. I mean, I've tried a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the one, though. I'll tell you that. Right on. Uh, tell me a little bit about this Collective Soul uh, connection. I mean, they're just wearing red and regular merch. I mean, what's going on around here? <laughs> so, uh, Will, uh, it was a it was a magical night. It was Taylor's birthday. And uh, the Yin Yang Twins were playing in Cathedral Square. This is a crazy night, by the way, in Mobile. Craziest night ever. Yin Yang Twins are playing in Cathedral Square. Collective Soul is at the Civic Center. And Pussy Riot's at the Music Box. All on the same night. And we're at fucking Brickyard. So, Collective Soul gets done with their gig. And turns out, I got a lot of supporters. Because Britta Gassner, she's a fan. She went and... uh, she had talked to the opening band about coming to see us. And then I found out some of the stage hands had talked to the bands about coming to see us. And then turns out a good friend of mine I've had for 20 years named Raymond Pitts. He's a, his, one of his main jobs for the singer and the soul kitchen stuff is when big bands come into town, he's the runner for him. You know, he goes back and forth. And so, you know, he had told me he had hit up their manager and was like, you know, cause they like to go out and see music and stuff when they're in town. And so I knew that the, the big opening band was coming. I had no clue that they were going to show up, you know? And so I remember playing in the middle of our set. I looked up and in the middle of Brickyard, right there by the pole in the middle is they're, they're all standing there and I'm just looking and, and bro, musicians know musicians in a heartbeat, you know? <laughs> I looked up and I didn't know it was them because brother had been a long time since I've looked up pictures of collective. So, you know, like I listen to the music, but I, I'm not like, I'm not teen heartthrob sitting there with posters on my wall. But, uh, and I was like, man, those are musicians. And so we get off stage and off a break and Brian, 
comes up to me and he goes, uh, Greg and Brian, I love Brian to death because he's always so proper about shit. You know, he's like, there's a gentleman that would like to speak with you. That's like, like not like, hey, there's a dude that wants to talk to you. He's like, there's a gentleman yeah. that wants to And he goes, he uh, mentioned he is also in a band. And I was like, oh, cool. What band? He goes, um, Collective Soul. And I said, what? <laughs> he goes, that's what Whoa. he said. Right. First of all, why didn't you leave with that? Like, how how do you hold on to that? And how are you so calm right now? And he goes, he goes, I don't know if he's telling the truth or not. <laughs> and I was like, okay. so I go up there and it was Will Turpin. And Will's uh, a founding member. He's a bass player of Collective Soul. Uh, he also does a lot of the, you know, they self-produce their albums. So him and Ed, pretty much everything you've ever heard from them has been them. And, uh, and he talked to me. He's like, hey, man. He was like, Y'all got it going on. He's like, brother, he's like, man, your covers are great. But he said, man, y'all's originals are fire. And and then everybody was there except Ed. I guess Ed was on the bus. But I got to meet Dean and Johnny and Jesse and all them. And they all came out and watched us play. And so we went, you know, we've been at Reel to Reel a couple times now. And uh, we've been recording with him. He's been producing us. Um, we had, he also has Brian Collins. Brian's a, he's an Americana artist slash producer he's got a pretty good following he's uh, getting big over in europe and uh but he uh he's hell of a dude both of them together a dream team bro just a dream team and uh, i can tell you the quality that he gave us and they did the mixing and then steve rawls did the mastering over at reel to reel and man it's just it's killer bro it's and it's crazy because like you know i watch these dudes on mtv you know, and like growing up and I even told him, I said, one of the first guitar riffs I ever taught myself was December, you know, the bow, no, 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 you know, that the little, oh, yeah. and, uh, I can remember sitting playing that for like 10, 15 minutes with me and my buddies just taking turns jamming on that, you know, and, and now like that dude calls me all the time, <laughs> you know, and he'll call me when he's around the other guys and stuff. And it's just, it's awesome. But like, it's really helped us a lot. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to get into places when you can name drop somebody like that working with you, you know, but we, uh, we got some other surprises coming up, but dude, he's, he's probably one of the most down to earth, real dudes I've ever, I mean, like he goes out of his way to help us, you know, and doesn't ever, I mean, like, of course, obviously we pay to use the studio and stuff for the mixing and mastering, but like he puts in so many hours that he just, because he wants us, he wants to be part of something, you know, part of it. You know, he like, he's got several other bands, a band called Hey Dreamer out of Georgia, uh, one called Corduroy Blue. And then uh, I think it's, her name's Mary Martin. She, he's got an uh, uh, Americana artist that he's working with too. And so he's just kind of creating this family of uh, bands and, you know, we all help them out. You know, I got a, um, I can't announce it yet, but in August, I'm bringing two of them down, and we're going to do a reel-to-reel show in Mobile. Probably do, try to get one set up in Birmingham and one in Mississippi as well. But, uh, man, he's just been great, brother. It's It's been super cool. He's hooked us up. Like, I'll tell you, Shattered Lives, there's a breakdown part where there's a, a little special guitar part that Jesse, their lead player from Collective Soul, played on it. And then he called in a favor and got fucking Daniel De Los Reyes to come play congas and stuff from the Zach Brown band. Wow. Dude, I, when he, and it was funny is that, cause I don't know all these dudes names all the time. Cause I'm not that guy. I was never that guy. I always just paid attention to songs. That's all I cared about. And, uh, 
But when anytime he sends me a name, I know I'm like, I need to Google this. <laughs> so I, I Google Daniel and it pulls up and it's like Chicago and like Earth, Wind and Fire and Tower of Power. And I'm like, Fuck, you know, this dude. Ooh. That <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, God, ah, dude, it's 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 wild because I never would have thought in a million years that I would even talk to anybody like that or have access to even have somebody like that play on a song of mine, you know, because I mean, I mean, we're a little regional band, but we're still pretty local, you know, little yoke, local yokel dudes. But it's been great. And just to go back to that question that was posed earlier of. And I'm sure you'll chime in on this. And this was an advice that Abe gives is if you want to make it, not only do you need to book to where you can, you know, win a crowd over, even if it's just one person, but you got to get on the road. You, oh, you, you, you've got to go. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing, brother. Like, first of all, Abe is one of the best at being able to win over a crowd by himself. Like, dude. At that show, when he played before us and he was doing just his slow folk songs and, you know, we're it never, bro, he was able to engage that crowd to where, I mean, any other time, honestly, any other artist to me, that would have been boring to shit. If you were at that venue to see what you were there to see, you would have hated it. But dude... The way just he used humor in almost a self-deprecating way that just made you love him. You know, just like, that was what, like, when I first saw Abe, sorry, I didn't mean to talk so much about Abe, but <laughs> when I first saw I just got to tell you the story. I saw him, he played open for Caleb Cottle, and uh, he was an also another amazing Americana artist. And Yes. As soon as Abe started singing... Like, I knew I was witnessing something real. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was him. You know, that wasn't a character. That wasn't that wasn't marketing. That wasn't any of that shit. That was him. And he was unapologetically him. And as an as as a fellow musician and somebody who likes to get lost in their music. You know, and, and, and James is the same way. He'll tell you the same thing, man. Just when you can capture that, that's when you know you got something special. When you can get people involved in what you're doing just by being there, man. And Abe's one of the best at that, man. He's so fantastic. Yeah, he can and, really captivate the room. You know, it's people at home ain't going to love you like people somewhere else are, man. It's I don't know what it is. It's just one of those things, man. And. You know, we built the majority of our following out of Mississippi. You know, we we got over there with the Puckets out of uh, Chris and Allison Puckett out of Hattiesburg. And they uh, they do a, a festival over there called the Homegrown Revival Festival. You need to definitely need to check that thing out, dude. Uh, it's in March. We're playing there. I'd like to get down there and do some live coverage and just get as many oh, interviews uh, in as I could. I'll get hooked up. But he, you know, them and then, of course... We got in front of Arden Barnett. We got a lucky streak with the Strays and Abe, and we got to play Dewing Hall for the first time, and Arden happened to be there. And uh, That whole staff really, I mean, they've been so supportive of us, man, because we're still just a small band, but they, 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 
they just really have reached. I mean, they gave us the chance to play with the drive-by truckers, Brett Michaels. You know. Oh, speaking speaking of which, uh, you've got a cool event coming up with uh, this little band that no one's ever heard of, North Mississippi All Stars. Yeah, dude, I'm so stoked for that. This uh, that's gonna be, dude. I might say that might be the show of the year. You know, it down in that area because, bro, us and them together, dude, that energy is gonna. Be, and uh, how did that come together, man? So, well, Live at Five really likes us. You know, they. We got we won that grant and got two grand for the first recording session we did on this album, and so we, uh, you know, we they really like us a lot, and so you know, Clifton is who's booking it now, and he he had talked to me, and you know, he asked me if I was interested, and I said yeah, and I said you know, he's asked us if we were interested in, in headlining at one point, but I I told him I said I'd rather open for somebody big. I said I don't think I'm at that point yet, you know, and. Uh, I said, I, I said, I'd give it a year, about a year and a half, and then we'll probably be at that point. But he, uh, I give you, I give you a, a little insider information. It was originally supposed to be, uh, God, what's the name of that? They're, who originally sang Wagon Wheel? Made it real pop. Oak Crow Medicine Show. It was oh, yeah, originally Oak supposed Crow. to be Oak Crow Medicine Show, but they backed out because they're opening Oh Hank Williams Jr. at the Wharf that same month. So they they got North Mississippi All Stars, which I was much happier with because, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's more fit. So, but I, you know, I've heard Luther's and Cody are super nice guys. I'm excited to meet them, and I'm hoping we can get them on stage to jam with us, some man, because I think they would dig it. You know, well, they had to pitch them. They had to pitch us to them. You know, to get approval to open. He said they loved us, so we'll see. You had to get the approval stamp on what you call swamp so. That's right, baby. But I, you know, I got a lot of approval. I got uh, to get ready to. You know, we're releasing that new single March fourth. I was uh, about to plug that because yeah, uh, I'm really ex- excited I, about that. Distro kids, right? Yeah, we'll have a music video out for it. I'm really excited for it, man. Everybody I've given it to and played it for is just over the moon about it. Um, I got, you know, Abe gave me a quote that I'm going to, you know, put a picture on and put out. And John Walter from Strays gave me one. And, and then I got one from, uh, dude, his name's Norman Voss. He's a bass player for the Brett Michaels band. <laughs> and uh, he gave me a whole reaction video today. He sent me a three-minute long video of him riding in the car listening to it and reacting to it. And, bro, they they saw us at, at that Mudbug Music Fest. And they, they, they told us afterwards, he said, man, y'all started up. And he said, our sound guy was out front. And he said, bro, he said, that dude sprinted. And, bro, it ain't a short way to get to the backstage. Like, you had to run all the way around to back to where their bus was. And he said, he goes, that fat fuck came up there and he was sweating. He's out of breath. He's like, you got to come hear these guys. <laughs> and he said, they all ran out front. And so I've kept, a, I've kept up with Norman because he's, his name's Norman Voss. He does a, out of Virginia, he does a side band called Storm and Norman, but He's, dude, man, y'all should look him up, man. He's one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Like, he just loves life. Like, he goes all the time to the nursing home and entertains these people constantly just because he loves doing it. You know, he's just, he works with his town. He gets to go fly out and play huge 10, 15,000 people crowds of Brett Michaels. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's been, it's been a while, bro, but it's, you know. We got we got some big push coming. We got a we got a company they're pushing on the radio for us. We got a publicist now, 
that's going to get us written up in different places and all that jazz. And so we'll see where we're at in the next year. We're going to do that one. I think, I think I decided June 9th will be the next single after that, uh, called natural ability. And then oh, big fan. I actually have an acoustic version of that. I was going to plug at the end of this episode to like, oh, give everybody. and yeah, the, cause the first time we got together, bro, wait till you hear what will has done with that song, dude. Oh my god dude it's it's so and then we're gonna release a third one called blind eye that one is getting mixed and mastered by uh grand producer um toby wright we he he wanted he found us through a mutual channel and he wanted to work with us and and uh we were already working with will on this album but we're gonna try and do some stuff with him in the future too but i mean when he approached me, bro, I had to Google him too. <laughs> but the first thing that popped up was producer for Allison Chains, Allison Chains, Allison Chains, Allison Chains. Dude, this dude's like my I sat for just like five minutes scrolling with my jaw drop. Every person I've ever wanted to see ever. Yeah. This dude, you know. But he mixed and mastered one from Metallica, man. You know. Yeah, hell yeah. Did the Freak on a Leash album. He did, dude. He did. First? He he mixed and mastered the fucking uh, Wallflowers bringing down the horse album. My favorite album of all time. That's my favorite album of all time. Good plug, dude. I, I'll tell you this story. I'll tell you this story real quick. Uh, we were at a music festival. Sorry, go ahead. What's going on? Uh, we were at a music festival, and uh, this other couple was standing next to me. We were watching the Wallflowers. And uh, the woman said to, uh, you know, her man, she was like, hey, that front man reminds me a lot of Bob Dylan. And I just, you know, I tapped her. I tapped her and I said, what if I told you that was his son, Jacob Dylan? And she was like, really? Checks like, out, don't it? <clears throat> One reason I'll, I'll love my sister to the end of time. In 19, I think when they went off, uh, when they went, that album came out. She was at University of Arkansas, and they came there, and my parents drove me up. She took me to that Bringing Down the Horse tour, and I got to see them live, and I still got the shirt. It does not fit anymore. I was <laughs> didn't fit anymore. But she took me to see that. She also took me to see Harry Connick Jr., and I think this is one of the main reasons why I have the kind of band I do now. She took me to see Harry Connick Jr., and he had his New Orleans jazz band with him, his brass band. Okay. And then, dude, that's what I, I knew that's what I, I wanted to do. And uh, and uh, and she took me also to see Gregory Hines tap dance, and that was those I I can't thank her enough for that. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So we're excited about all the stuff we got coming out. We're gonna release a vinyl probably in August. Uh, we're gonna do a GoFundMe here coming up in the next couple of days. I'll be involved on that with you, dude. Yeah. I believe you. Because we're uh, you got all kinds of levels. If you subscribe at the highest level, you get all the prizes. All prizes, you know, but we have levels. You can get we're, we're, the the tour is going to be the album's going to be called Real Big Deal. We're having special art made for tour posters and everything. So, but we're going to do custom ones for the GoFundMe that are specifically for that. So you you can get a custom T-shirt, you can get a custom poster. You're going to get the first run of the vinyl when it comes out. Um, we even have a level where you can get a custom Zippo lighter and a custom Red and the Revelers pipe. And free tickets for all Red and Revelers show for life. Look out. 
You didn't even get a taco party. I'm just saying, like, so y'all pay attention to that. Really help us. Um, you know, all this stuff, we come out of our own pocket. A lot of it just out of my pocket, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just how it is, man. But we need y'all's help. So, but, yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, we're approaching the hour mark. we got three questions to walk it out the door for you. Okay, is, yeah. uh, Number one is uh, it's the easy one. Uh, plug all the socials and where can people get connected with Red and the Revelers? All right, Facebook, Red and the Revelers. Instagram, Red and the Revelers. TikTok, Red and the Revelers. It's pretty easy to find any of our socials. It's our band name because um, it's the only one that is, so it's pretty easy to get that. Uh, online, redandtherevelers.com. Uh, uh, we have an online merch store. Uh, storefront.com slash red and the revelers you can get uh, a lot of our designs some of them we only have live that you can only get live but a lot of them you can get over there and plus you can get them in hoodies you can get them in tie-dye you can get them on koozies you can get them on all kinds of stuff man they always have new stuff on there um but yeah that's all our socials that's the best way to find us. spotify apple music all that go follow it evidently and we've plugged a lot about what you got going on but if you could play uh, any venue, uh, what is a venue you dream to play at? Red Rocks. Yeah, I'll, I've made it when I get when I headline Red Rocks. I'll know I've made it. And uh, that's that's it's just so picturesque, man. It just you know, I don't think any other venue can compare to just the majesty of. Red Rock. Now, I want to play the Caverns in Tennessee, too. That looks dope as shit. But, like, Red Rocks for me has always been, like, because you get your name on the wall. You know, you get a piece of the rock. You know, it's just kind of a special thing. And think if I can ever get to the point where I, if I headline Red Rocks, bro, I might cry before I go on stage. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it'd have to be Red Rocks. That's my dream venue, man. Right on. Last question. Walk it out of the door. Uh, favorite part of this conversation? Bro, your hat. Yeah. <laughs> How cold is it in your house that you got to wear that? No, I just we don't it. run the heater around here. Yeah, I hear you, man. Now, like my favorite part of the conversation is just the ease at which we talk, man. Just I, I like shooting the shit. I'm a talker, and sometimes you got to rein me in, and that's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, that hat, dude, the whole time I've been staring at that hat, been like, bro, he's 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 pulling that shit off, man. He's pulling it off. That's right. He's doing it, man. He's doing it. <laughs> well, Red, I had a ball and a biscuit, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. man. Thank you for having us on, dude. I can't wait to to just show the world what we're doing, man. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I just want people to be excited about it, you know. And tell the boys, I know I talked to Taylor and Ross, but I want to have more of the Revelers on. Uh, but uh, I'd, I'd love to have have the whole crew on sometime. Maybe we can make that happen in the future. Should I? Uh-oh. I'll just let you talk to them, because they probably got a whole different perspective on it, you know. We'll set up a time when we're on the road, because we have a couple double headers coming up. Like, a, we got two in Tupelo, Mississippi coming up in April. And so, we'll have time, you know, to sit where everybody's together, where we can sit down and do that. So, that sounds great, man. Sounds I don't great. Know. Well, uh, Red, take care of yourself, man. Uh, Thank you so much for carving out this time for me, man.
Hell yeah, brother. I appreciate what you're doing. Keep plugging away, brother. What's up, guys? This is Red Padilla from Red and the Revelers. We're here in Chickasaw, Alabama. And this song is a new one that's going to be on the next album. It's called Natural Ability. I'm the king of the skies, looking down on my domain. I'm traveling to the land of my fathers, right high on the gas in my brain. I don't really want much, I don't need anymore. I'm afraid of losing myself as soon as I walk through that door, and I don't know. Takes a lot of love to win. Losing is your natural ability. Well, upon my first steps in the dungeon, oh, the devil he calls me by name. The bells and the whistles, flashing lights, it's never changed. Temptation to escape the light of day, and the time it drifts on by till it's all drifted away, and I don't know if I keep my sanity. Well, it takes a lot of love to win. Massive strain brought on by this taste I long to be removed from this hell But the demon, it bursts from my chest And I try to escape But it holds me oh so tight Listen to my word, child I'll be lucky to live through the night And I don't know Keep my city. Well, it takes a lot of love to win. Losing is your natural ability. Well, it takes a lot of love to win. Losing is your natural ability.